chance. Adams receives a hand pass. He loops it over the top. Didn't quite hit the target. Reprieve for Melbourne. Oscar McDonald, a little runner, up towards the southern wing. And Harms is first there. Watts running into space for him at half forward. Will run onto a nicely bouncing ball. Outside 50. Crosses 50. Has a bounce on tired legs. Closes to 30 and kicks the goal. And it looks as though the Demons have the Queen's birthday prize. Jack Watts, what a touch of synergy for Jack Watts. From 2009 to 2017, and today he might have got the Demons over the line. They lead by 11 points at the 28-minute mark. Well, the hoodoo is over. The 2017 MCG hoodoo has finally been lifted. Uh, my name is Andy. Welcome to the Demonland podcast. Uh, joining me as always, my co-host, Grape Viney. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Andy, and good evening uh, to the Demonlanders out there. There's probably a few of them that are still um, at the MCG uh, celebrating uh, uh, down at the Punt Road end goals, um, probably still celebrating the Watts goal. And there's probably still a few Pi fans sitting at the other end of the ground um, booing, um, booing uh, the umpires, booing Watts, booing Neil Danaher probably. Um, so, um, yeah, what a game. Yeah, I was going to talk where, about... Where do we begin? Oh, where do we begin? I was going to talk, we'll talk about the game first and then talk about this, but I'll talk about it now because you mentioned the Pi fans. And I had read something on Demon Land that uh, people on Big Footy um, which is more of a general, uh, you know, board, which has you know individual team boards as well, and apparently the Pie fans want out of the Queen's Birthday game. Do you, do you know anything more about that? Oh, this is a beat up. This yeah. is a big beat up because a it's on big footy, yeah. so you know, Pie fans. I think there's a few of them on there that uh, um, a few you know um, uh, numb nuts on there. Uh, saying, what do we get out of it? Everyone's leeching off us. Um, we're not interested. We've got nothing to give. We, we don't owe Neil Danaher or anything. Uh, let's get out of it. And I'll tell you what, if they want out, let them go. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, take anyone else. Essendon can come in. Uh, they've obviously got the connection with Neil Danaher. They'll draw the same sort of crowd that Collingwood will draw. And we don't and, have to play uh, them at any head stadium. <laughs> uh, that's right. And... Um, and you know we'll finally get a home match um, against yes. uh, against the Bombers, which we can't seem to get. But and not with those white jumpers. <laughs> this isn't going to happen. Melbourne no. and Collingwood have been playing on uh, Queen's birthday for forever and a day. Well, what, what is uh, what is the history of the Queen's birthday? How far back does it go? Because it, uh, I don't know when it first started, but certainly fifty eight was the fifty eight Queen's Birthday match is the record home and away attendance of ninety nine thousand. But we didn't so, always from from then till now. We haven't always played them. On no, Queen's I don't birthday. think so. Um, yeah. That's more of a more recent thing that it's become a, a Melbourne. Yeah, and look, we're very years. lucky. Eddie, in our lean years, um, uh, made sure that we kept the fixture. And made sure that we kept the gate receipts, so we don't. It's not even something that we share with Collingwood. Um, and I'd be happy to alternate um, uh, alternate the home and away aspect of it um, now that we're in a better position. But we're lucky that we've 
Uh, we're lucky that we've still got it because, you know, there were 10 years when we were hopeless and irrelevant and it's a big fixture. And so it could easily have been taken off us. And, you know, people complain about the fixture a lot, but we've got two of the two of the blockbuster um, games in Anzac Eve uh, and Queen's Birthday. We've only got the one Friday night this year coming up in a few weeks against Sydney, but I think we'll get one or two more Friday nights next year. And then you add that to the two public holiday fixtures and all of a sudden you've got half a dozen games that are, you know, high drawing um, and uh, uh, and on, on free-to-air TV. So um, we're in a good position and it's going to get better as we get better. Now, I've just noticed something while, while we're – sorry to sort of uh, – uh, I've just noticed that Demon Land appears to have been – appears to be down at the moment um so mine just came back on it did mine. come back on all right so before i oh yeah i think mine's come back on before i um uh dump you know all right we're back i was going to uh do a restart of the server now anyone who was listening on a uh, pop-out player that i've uh, provided um wouldn't have been affected but anyone listening sort of um because i also noticed that um the numbers of live listeners have dropped, but it's it's come back up again. Uh, so anyway, let's continue. Um, yeah, let's talk about the, this game, this this wonderful game. Where do we start? <laughs> do we start? Well, it was it was one of those games that had everything, mm. and it's a rarity. They only come around, you know, every so often where you get that confluence of factors. The big crowd. Um, there were no other games being played, so it was a public holiday. It was a um, it was a close game at the end, a thrilling finish, um, both sides absolutely spent and it just, you know, other than a final obviously, it doesn't really get um, better than that. And, you know, if you think back on the, you know, the 30 plus years that we've been going to the footy, there's really only a handful of games that that sort of have all those factors in it. Um so, uh, yeah, a, a rare treat on Monday and one which uh, I'm certainly still celebrating. Um, you obviously are and all of Demonland is. You can tell uh, the mood on the board is just superb and uh, isn't it great to have a victory like that? And uh, the most important thing, I think, well, from my perspective anyway, is during the Neild years, we were irrelevant to the competition. So... You know, even when we played on Queen's birthday, it was a nothing game. No one was interested and the result didn't matter. Um, and the result was a foregone conclusion. We're going to get thumped. But here we are. We're back on the stage. It was a match that was important for both clubs. All right, it's not first versus second. It was uh, ninth versus tenth or eleventh, whatever the yeah. pies were. But, you know, it was a crucial game and everybody was watching. Um, I got... Lots of texts afterwards from um, neutral um, football followers, non-Pie supporters who were watching and they just said, what a game. Um, and uh, what a finish for Jack Watts. Um, redemption, as they say. And uh, what a what a moment for, for him at the end there. Yeah, I'm sure for him, um, 
you know, that sort of um, pretty much erases, um, you know, that 2009 game, probably not completely from his memory. I think that'll always stick with him, uh, but it certainly goes a long way to, to healing any wounds, uh, you know, mentally, I mean, not physically, but uh, that he's probably carried with him ever since then. Um, and he did two important things because it wasn't just that amazing goal and that was an amazing goal because he was – think of where he ran from. He was almost running from centre-half yep. back from when – The run was incredible. You're you know, right to point that out because he was at about centre-half back and you can see on the replay he just sprints Yeah, and it's the end of the game. It, yeah, he would have been buggered. Um, I, you could tell his opponent who was chasing him down who's, who's – you know, was that Hoskin Elliott chasing him? I think it was Adams. Oh, it was Adams. Okay, but ne- yep. either, either not a, they're not slow coaches, and they you know they're running. He was running full pelt, but then he he had the presence of mind to sort of slow it up and make sure of his kick. And it wasn't an easy kick. Like no, if you have a no, look at them was, from behind yep. the goals, it's not an easy kick for goal, especially when you're buggered. It's on the run. There's that pressure. It's you know we needed to kick that goal as the sealer. And yeah, I mean. <laughs> Which other player in the team would you want the ball in hand at that stage of a game um, when you're yep. a goal down or a goal up and you need need that sealer? Well, we've said that before and we know that about Jack and his, his goal kicking is the one aspect of his game that um, has always just been perfect. He's got a, a lovely action on the run and uh, set shot. But uh, you're right, the run was extraordinary. Mm. The, the kind of sort of, you know gut-busting run that wins yeah. your match. And then um, he was pretty tired as he ran with the ball. Um, and as you say, he's sort of steady, but it was a really difficult kick. But, um, gee, you didn't ever think that he was going to miss. No. And the footage, I, I don't know how many times you've watched the footage. I literally have watched it more than 50, perhaps 100 times. I've listened to the 3AW audio just as many times. I've got it all saved on my phone, (laughs) my computer and my TV. So if you come over to my place, it doesn't matter where you are, you can watch or listen to the Jack Watts goal. And uh, the great thing about the footage, if you look in the background, when Harms gets the ball on the wing, the crowd is already standing up on their feet. Yeah. And you can see that there are people actually jumping. And the atmosphere at that stage of the game was, uh, well, almost indescribable. The noise was as loud as I've ever heard a game. Um, Certainly going back to the 87 prelim out at Waverley where we couldn't hear the siren. Yeah. Um, It was just, the crowd was just deafening. And as Watts is running towards goal, the you know and it's a it's a majority sort of Melbourne section down that end of the ground yeah. at our home games. You can just see the crowd rising to their feet, and um, it would have been great to be sitting behind oh, yeah, him because he would have ball. known straight off the boot that it was going through. Yeah, and we've heard the reports on Demonland from those that did have those seats that it didn't deviate a centimetre. No. It went straight over the umpire's hat. He didn't move. <laughs> So it's, yeah, one of those really special moments. Um, and, uh, yeah, well done to Wattie. And, um, well, it wasn't just that, that goal. It was a few yep. minutes later he found himself at the other end of the ground and saved, uh, you know, possibly 
you know, a match, well, not the match win because it would have brought them just back within, well, it might have been because they kicked a goal in the end. So, yep. you know, he, he, it, well, he, it, it would, have, would have given them one back. Yeah, um, with enough time to, to go forward. And they had a bit of, they yep. sort of had a bit of momentum at that time of the game as well, even though we had just kicked a goal because they were sort of throwing everything at it. And, and because we had moved everyone back into um, defence, we had no one to kick to. And we might want to talk about that as well. Um, I understand, you know, wanting to get everyone back behind the ball, but then every time we got the ball in the defence and kicked it out, we kicked it to five Collingwood players. So I think you've got to keep more than just one player uh, up forward in that situation. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the, I'm not a coach, but... I don't know. I, I do, that yeah, you're that right. There cost were a couple of times where, where it uh, came straight back in. One of them was the result and uh, of a Dom Tyson yep. helicopter kick yeah, that was, was a terrible kick from from um, a, from a from a you know from was, a stoppage. Yeah, no, it was uh, <laughs> uh, a free kick or a mark. Yeah, it was a free um, kick. Uh, dropping the ball to them or something. Yeah. Yep. Um, and surprisingly, no one mentioned that on. Um, in the post-match discussion until about page 18 or something. Mm. And I I hadn't seen the replay at that point. And I was thinking, did I, you know, um, imagine that? And maybe it wasn't Tyson, maybe it was someone else, but that was a, a horror kick that nearly cost us the game. But getting back to your point about the Watts saving effort, it was almost an afterthought, as in the ball was going over the line and everyone sort of time stood still. Yeah. And then, as all, you know, at the last second, Watts could see that he was in a position to stop it, and he yeah. sort of lunged and got a got a fingertip to it. But that's the second time he's done that, um, as in kicked uh, kicked a, a game winning goal, and then well, and then had a was um, that against Gold Coast? He didn't, didn't he take a yep. mark in defence or something? Or uh, he yep, um, against Gold Coast last year. That's right, and uh, so he's done it before at both ends of the ground. So, um, yeah, calling a crisis and going back to that run that we were talking about, we've heard since he was drafted about his speed and uh, to to run at that kind of clip at the end of the game, um, uh, yeah, look, you know, uh, can't, uh, can't um, applaud him enough, really. And uh, we'll be celebrating and watching that goal and listening to that uh, audio for years to come um, because it was uh, it was one of those special moments. So has the maligning of Jack Watts, is that over? Like, not just even from Melbourne supporters, but I've got so many opposition supporters, mainly Carlton supporter mates, who, who still take a dig at, at Jack Watts and say he's rubbish. Um, not so much well, the we, last year and, and, you know, this year, but, you know, that's got to be well and truly over. I think he's proven he's a he's a great footballer. Yeah, look, he still has his moments and no footballer's perfect and Jack isn't perfect. Um, and, you know, uh, in recent years, at least there's, you know, his, his uh, intensity has waxed and waned a little bit. Um, and he was, uh, you know, a little bit out of favour at the start of the year, at the start of the um, practice match series. Obviously didn't um, return with the right mindset or uh, or intensity. I don't think it was a, a fitness thing. I think it was perhaps an attitudinal thing. We don't really know. Yeah. But uh, he worked his way back. 
He's, uh, he's had a pretty good year in difficult circumstances, playing in the ruck mainly, um, and had to carry the load up forward with, with um, you know, alternating with Pedders in, in Jesse's absence. So, um, no, this doesn't shut the door on criticism of, of, of Jack. Um, like others, he'll, you know, make mistakes and have bad games in the future. But one thing it, I think it answers, which we perhaps questioned over the years, was would he stand up in a final, um, you know, in the pressure and cut and thrust of a final? And perhaps he answered that um, on Monday because that was as close to a final as you're yeah. going to get um, in terms of the intensity um, and the pressure, um, you know, 70,000. Uh, and he took it on himself. Jones was um, Jones was clear, and Watts could easily have um, executed yeah. that pass to Jones in the middle. Um, Bug was also yeah, Bug. running, was but Jones Bug was Bug, probably yeah. covered. Um, and also not but he took it upon himself to have the shot, so yeah. um, quite happy to quite happy to take it on his on his own shoulders. Yeah, uh, look, having praised his efforts uh, in that last few minutes, I, I must say there were a couple of his efforts early on in the game. I, I was sort of, uh, I must admit, I was shouting at him. Uh, I yep. thought some of his efforts I early think on we was lacklustre, yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he definitely. Uh, he definitely made up for it later in the game. So, uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Jack Watts. And want to see more of that, those efforts, because we know he can do it. And that's why I get frustrated at him, with him at times, because I know what he can do. And, um, yeah, moving on from, from Jack, there were quite a few other great performers. Uh, Christian Petraka, probably, you know... Uh, He's just he's just a magnificent beast of a player, <laughs> and really showed what what he can do, and showed that he is going to be one of you know going forward one of the league's best players, up there with your Dusty Martin type players. He was uh, he was superb on Monday and uh, pretty much all game, and was best on ground and uh, got a, got acknowledged with the the trophy. Um, but he was crucial because he got he was responsible for those two goals just before half time yep. that pegged it back a little yep. bit. Um, the first the intercept and then the kick to Jeffy in the square, yep. which was great. And, and then massive, a couple of minutes later, he got the goal. ball out the back and um, kicked from fifty with a, a great shot on goal. So two crucial goals there. And he's um, marking. And that, He's marking around the ground and in the full yep. line. He's just got such strong hands. He doesn't lose his feet. He, he, he you know, someone can be pulling at his arms while he's going for the mark and he'll still take it. He's that strong. So He's a bull. Yep. He's an absolute bull. And uh, we've spoken before, his goal kicking. He missed a couple, I think, in the last quarter. Um, his goal kicking's uh, improved this year. Yeah. Um, he's taking strong marks. He's really stood up in Jesse's absence too. And um, we go back to this debate that you and I had earlier in the year about who is the best talent at the club. And all three of them were on display on Monday because uh, Clayton Oliver was superb yeah. uh, after halftime. Yeah. Um, had a pretty quiet first half, as did all the midfielders. 
but uh, he was uh, he was superb after half time. And Jaden Hunt, his disposal was perhaps a little bit off and turned it over a few times and I, I bombed love, a few times. But I love his run, Jaden Hunt. But I think sometimes when he's running into goal, he needs to slow it down. He's already usually burnt past his opponent, but he keeps running full pelt when he kicks for goal, and that's costing that kicking's costing him at the moment because uh, if he just slows it down. Um, like Jack Watts sort of did, um, he might be a better uh, chance at uh, slotting a few. Yeah, look, I thought his disposal was getting better. Mm. Um, it was definitely off on Monday. Yeah. Um, as you say, maybe it's just a little bit more composure and that'll come with more experience, but his run is electrifying. Oh, it is amazing. <laughs> um, and he's... Uh, Look, he's probably not as talented as Petrarca and Oliver, but uh, he brings he, he brings that speed, and it's just gives us so much drive off half back. But, but also uh, for a smaller guy, he does quite a bit of spoiling as well, and he does it quite well. Um, yep, he's got a good leap. Yeah. Um, um, there's a few like that. Tommy Bugs, not a bad jumper. Mitch yep. Hannon can jump. Um, so we've got a few of the smaller guys that can do that. Um, and Jets, uh, Jets isn't too, too bad either, um, sort of going up in the contest. So, um, yeah, we're going to be having this debate for the next 10 years about who's better, Petraka or Oliver. And I don't think there's going to be a winner. It's going to be neck and neck. Yeah, well, I hope Because so. uh, you've just got two extremely talented youngsters um, who just both look like they've got the world at their feet. And Petraka just game by game is is really sort of starting to to grow into it, isn't he? Oh, just amazing. I, I, I can't wait to, to watch him continue to, to, to blossom in, in the role because he's, you know, we haven't had even, we haven't had many A-grade, if any, over the last 30 years. Um, and we're starting to get, we're starting to grow a few of them, and you know that's Petraka, I reckon Oliver's the, the two of them are almost there, and um, you know Maxi Gorn at his best is a, is as A grade as they come, and uh, yeah, we expect Jesse will well, be the same. Well, Jesse um, eventually will get there. We know we can. Hopefully, he'll get there. Um, it, we're starting to uh, get a few under our belt, and you know. With that will come success. Yep, yep. Um, um, if, it, uh, we were the comeback kids again. Yes. Why? So well, why it's now we... nine out of nine out of eleven games where we've been down by three goals or more. Um, Twenty eight points it was on uh, Monday, and yeah, it's we, a bit of an a, issue, isn't got, it? It's a it's a big issue because eventually when. We're going to come up against a team that we won't be able to, you know, if we let them do yep. that, we might not be able to get back into the game. Um, you know, yeah, you can't rely on that every week. It's great that we're able to do it, and it sort of gives you, like, you know, we were five goal, or nearly five goals down at one stage, and I'm like, yeah, we can come back. We can have a seven-goal-to-zip quarter, or seven-goal-to-two quarter, and get us back into the game. And that's what we sort of did. Um but we can't rely on that. That's you know we've got to we've got to stop that. And 
I don't know. Why is it happening? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, there's been a bit of discussion on the board about, um, well, certainly about, you know, the clearances um, in the first half as opposed to the second half and the way we set up. Um, certainly Melksham started in the middle next to Pendlebury. Um, I think that changed after half time. Yeah. Um, whether it was just the Melksham factor in the middle or something else in terms of the setup, um, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, look, Tommy Mack went into the ruck after half time as well, so that sort of changed things. But um, we got killed um, in the first half and dominated them in the second half. It was just incredible. Um, very much a game of two halves in, in terms of sort of the the mids. Um, but uh, well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, once Maxi's back, that might stop because it's going to really change the way things are set up and the way we play, and um, we won't be relying on having to shark off um, the opposition ruckman. And whilst we've done very well in that, I think it you know things might change once once that's no longer a factor. It's a good. Um, it's been a good learning curve. Yeah. Yeah, as costly as it as has sort of been to play both without um, Max and Jesse, you know, Tom Max had to go up forward. There were suggestions last week we should throw Omac up forward. Um, but you know, so I don't want. There's all this sort of versatility and flexibility. Yeah. That if things are going wrong in the future, Goodwin and the players uh, are familiar with the types of changes that might be made. Well, he's very good. He's very good, Goodwin, at at uh, not panicking and making the changes that are required because it's it's working. I mean, I don't want us. I mean, I want us to play four quarters so we don't have to come back from behind. But whatever they're doing at the moment, the changes they're making, it's working because we've had coaches in the past who, when Plan A hasn't worked, there is no Plan B, and there seems to be Plan Bs and Cs with this coach. So. Um, that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the criticisms of uh, Ruse um, that, you know, Even he tended, back to, tended to sort of stick with it, um, uh, you know, once uh, once the game started. But um, he definitely inspires confidence, Goodwin. When I listen to him speak, he just, he really sounds like he's on top of it all yeah. and in control. And... Uh, you know, some of that could just be for show, you know, front, if you like. But yeah. um, look, perhaps he really is sort of cool and calm and collected in the coach's box. He talks a lot about the his assistant coaches. And so when he gets asked about changes in the post-match, he's always talking yes. that the assistant Giving coaches the are credit. deciding this. So who knows? It, it might be a very collective process. Um, or he might just sort of be giving the, <laughs> giving out credits um, and he's really making the calls. But yeah. um, look, as you say, it's working. Um, we're doing it within quarters and after quarters. Um, things are changing and uh, we're getting back in the game. Because so, in years yeah, past, something's, we something's right. From years past, we would have gone into three-quarter time even further down. Um, you know, we would never have come back and, and this is a new Melbourne and we are able to come back. Um, Tom McDonald, I, I don't th- I don't think he's a forward. I think he, he, he's admitted he's not a forward, but they persisted with him and started him for most of the first half up forward. And I, I just, he's not a forward. He played fantastic in the ruck. I'd, I'd 
prefer, while Maxi's still out, play him in the ruck and have Pearson be the backup ruckman. Well, yeah, I don't share like the, the, either. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, if he's... Unfortunately, um, yeah, and, uh, um, I think we're going to mention Jesse at, at some point in the night. It hmm. looks like uh, he's going to be out for a, a bit longer than what we initially thought um, or, or what we recently thought. Um, so we're going to have to, you know, have that makeshift um, makeshift forward set up for a, a little while yet, um, unfortunately. But and see, that might, ing- for some reason, um, Goodwin is persisting with McDonald. But, um, but we did all of our, some of the time. We there. did all of our scoring without him being down there, as in the second half of the game. Yeah, we're I mean, still even able to score hundred points. To dish off a handball oh at the goodness. start of the game in the goal square, oh. the one which. I mean, he couldn't even handball no. from two metres away to Tommy Bug, who had to soccer it off the ground. And finally, we, um, we've seen Mind that. you, Bug, Bug probably would have missed it if he had <laughs> a set shot that, or something. I was going to say, we've found the way that Tommy Bug can kick straight. <laughs> that be half on the floor when he kicks it. But, yeah, I mean, that, that handball was terrible from McDonald. I don't know what was going on there, but there were a lot of turnovers and mistakes in the first half and almost every Melbourne player committed one, like a real doozy. Even that... even Hibbard and Salem, who were our two probably our two best kicks, were yep. I thought disposal wise had their two worst games. I mean, Hibbard I think got a great second half, and that save, uh, that punch just before the. Um, was a beauty. That saved us the game because if if uh, Trelaw had marked that. That was a goal, probably a goal, and uh, you know I think we would have lost the game from there. So that that was just as big a saving of the game as as Watts's goal, or or Watts's save later on. Um, yeah, it was a ripper punch. Yeah. But you're right; everyone turned it over at some stage. Um, Jeffy did, Bernie did, Jack did. Um, uh, our good friend Nibbler did. Oh, um, yeah, he, he had a shocking first half. Um, uh, yep. Yeah. So, uh, look, it was turnover city and just going forward, um, people were sort of saying dinky die kicks. It almost looks like we're taking too much time to execute them and players are being really careful rather than just see and do and get boot to ball and pull it off. It's like they're trying to sort of, Craft this. Yeah, we had a few cutesy type kicks that uh, mm. you know cost us. I think Bernie did one of them, and that sort of result, you know went horribly wrong. Resulted in a goal. Quite frustrating at times. I mean, if it, when it works, yeah, it's great. But uh, when the pressure's on and it doesn't work, it's um, yeah, it looks horrible. And uh, yeah. can, can get you yep. five goals down uh, quickly. So yeah, and as I said, almost. The entire team, they, every one of them, um, had at least a handball or a kick that um, that got us into trouble. So it was a, you know, there's plenty of mistakes from both teams throughout the day, but um, the uh, the intensity and the pressure of the game was was great. Um, I, I was read on Demonland a little earlier that Terry Wallace said it was for him quite comfortably the game of the year so far. So, you know, from a from a spectacle perspective, it was as good as it gets, um, even with those errors. 
Now, um, do we need to talk about? Um, well, before I was going to talk about uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan Lewis, but before that, uh, Oscar McDonald. He had a terrible first half, but I think he really showed a couple of nice things um, in in the in the second half, and. You know, there was a thread on Demon Land, uh, people uh, wanting time to show uh, Oscar well, a little picket bit of respect. Fence. Yeah. And Picket Fence, of course, was responsible for the last thread about Oscar, which ran for however many dozens of pages um, with Picket um, updating it every day <laughs> with exclamation marks um, uh, and, and slamming him and now he's showing him a bit of respect. Look, he also um, uh, turned over a couple of times in the first half or in the first quarter, mm. but as you say, he would certainly got better later. And the reason that um, Oscar's mistakes stand out more than others, as they do with Tom, is when you turn it over in the back line, yeah, you concede a goal. You turn it over in the forward line, you might concede a goal, but you might not. Whereas when it happens inside your defensive 50, everyone just groans. So... Um, everyone focuses on his mistakes um, and there's probably not, not enough attention on his, um, on his better points. Um, and he took a great mark in the last quarter, um, a nice, nice mark floating across or through, the, through a pack. Um, and he's fine. If you imagine him in two years' time, with an extra 10 kilos on him or 15 or however much he has to put on. Um, uh, he'll be fine in uh, in a year or two, Oscar McDonald, and he's got all this experience uh, under his belt. And, um, uh, yeah, stick with him. Yeah, look, uh, I, I, he, at times I've, I pull my hair out with him, but I'm happy... In the end, I know what they're doing. They're persisting. They're playing him. I mean, they could have been playing, you know, Dunn last year. They could have been playing um, uh, Garland, but they decided to go with youth. They saw he's the future there. So, um, yeah, from the good things I've seen, I'm happy with. All right, I pull my hair out sometimes, but I I think he'll get there. Um, Yeah, you and I I were at a function last year where a member of the football department said quite confidently that Oscar was going to be a better player than Tom. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I I still believe that to be true. So, um, yeah, Uh, stick fat, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, One thing we should mention, though, I noticed not so much in the coaches' votes, but in the Demonland votes, mm-hmm. a lack of love for Jeffy Garlett, yes. who I thought uh, was one of the better four-quarter players, um, and kicked uh, to himself and gave off uh, two or three others, um, and uh, as usual, put his pressure on. Um, I thought he played a really good game and didn't get a lot of love in the Demonland votes. I, I don't, I don't vote usually, yeah. so I didn't vote myself. But uh, I only saw, yeah, his name popped up a few times, but um, deserved deserved a, a bit more. I thought he's been good. Continues all, his continued his good season. He's been good all year. I mean, he's in the right place. He's, um, you know, he's kicking goals. He, you know. He doesn't get a, a heap of possessions, but that's not what he's there for. He's there to get on the end of, 
end of uh, end you know end of the plays and kick goals, and uh, he's providing a lot of pressure as well, forward pressure. So um, yeah, I I'm I'm a big fan of his. I, I've been a big fan since he came to the club. So yeah, me too. And I, it'll be interesting to see if he keeps this up where he finishes in the best at Ferris because. I think he'd be right yeah, up there. He'll be top ten the, for sure, if not right, right up there at the moment. If not, uh, given his consistency, well, uh, um, and the fluctuation of most others in the team, um, obviously, you know, Clary, uh, Clary, and Nate Jones of, uh, you know, and, and Michael Hibbard um, have, have probably been. Well, interesting. Uh, interesting you say that because the AFL today did sort of their mid-year. Um, well, not really a report card, but they did for every team like the best and fairest at this midway point, uh, best 21 and under, recruit of the year, most improved, most courageous. So in, uh, the best and fairest, um, they've got uh, cl- number one, Clayton Oliver, who you would probably agree at this stage is uh, out and out. Uh, number two, Nathan Jones, um, which is also their one and two in the Demonland Player of the Year. Uh, number three, Jeff Garlett. So um, they're rating uh, Ben Guthrie of AFL.com.au. He's, uh, has rated him number three at the moment for our best and fairest. Yeah, good call. Um, Followed by Hibbard and Hunt. Well, Hibbard missed a few games yes. at the beginning, so he starts behind everyone else. Jaden Hunt's been pretty good um, and maybe ahead of Jeffy, but uh, um, he's playing great football at the moment, Jeffy. Um, See, D- destroy all is in the chat room saying his passes were ridiculous. That bit of roving he did in the last quarter, um, in the uh, uh, in the pocket there, where he was running at you know mm-hmm. lightning speed towards the boundary line and had to get had to quickly centre the ball, yep. which he did into the square and it ended up with that ham and goal. Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. fantastic work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I just love seeing him, um, love seeing him do well, Jeffy. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. He's, he's uh, yeah, like you, he's he's sort of one of my favourite players since he's come over. And also because we've uh, we got him for a bargain and from Carlton, and I've still got Carlton supporter mates who still call him crap. I mean, this is coming from Carlton players who Carlton supporters who have stopped going to the footy. Um, so yeah, I've got a Carlton mate that said, that texted me the other week and said every time Betts, Garlett, and Wake kick a goal, <laughs> he gets a stab through the heart. So um, yeah, North. Uh, North Melbourne and Adelaide are all all laughing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, another two from Jeffy and, and gave off. Uh, at, you know, at least two or three, or, or was involved in uh, another two or three. So um, yeah. So the AFL, the AFL yeah. have done their best under best twenty one and under, and have given it to uh, a joint to Clayton Oliver and Christian Petraka. So they're also cannot split. Uh, the two of them at the moment, just like our conundrum, and it's a good good one to have. And who's better? Might have to yeah. do that as a demon yep. lamb. Look, Oliver's probably had the better season so mm-hmm. far, but Petraka's warming up, and um, yeah, he might uh, he'll pull up alongside Clary Choo Choo. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's not um, a, yeah, there's not a good day call that it's hard to split. There's not a day that I don't thank St Kilda. Um, for gifting us Christian Petraka. Absolutely. What a mistake it was. I mean, and, uh, it, no matter how good McCartan 
becomes he's not going to be tracker and he looks he looks a he long way off at the moment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, recruit of the year, Michael Hibbert. Well, that's uh, and maybe this is a, a good time for us to talk about the other recruit um, this year, um, Jordan Lewis. Um, yep, creating a bit of controversy yeah, I mean, on the board. I, I'm sort of happy with him. I'm in the camp that the leadership and experience that he brings to the club and on the field um, is a big plus uh, for him and, and to the team. Um, and I don't think he has been terrible this year. I think he's... Uh, I would like to see a lot more from him, but I think the experience and the leadership that he brings um, sort of makes up for that. Yeah, I've been a bit disappointed. Mm. I think he's still going okay. Um, I've been a bit disappointed with his disposal. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be better or was better um, when he was at, at Hawthorne. He seems to sort of turn over a fair bit um, or, or not hit, hit targets as you might hope and expect. Um, uh, and I haven't really warmed to him. Um, you know, I watch AFL 360 and he's on, on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, and somebody mentioned uh, in the Jordan Lewis thread, um, you know, he, he missed the three games with suspension. Yep. And during that time, he didn't really, to me anyway, watching him on TV, he didn't really appear contrite. Um, or sort of um, didn't didn't seem to care that it was significant to the team, and I sort of got I think it was Vogon Poetry um, who sort of said that he comes across as a you know he thinks he's it in a bit. Um, I'd agree with that, but with the rider that when you played in four premierships mm. and you know won however many BNFs he's won. Um, uh, you've probably got the right to be a little bit um, <laughs> arrogant and yeah. eaten a bit. So, um, yeah, uh, he's, he's – look, we don't know his value to the team in terms of in terms of what he offers in, in leadership and guidance and coaching on the field. Somebody posted, I, I haven't seen it, that um, uh, after the Petraka goal in the last quarter, um, he gave – he told Clary – something about where to stand um, for the next centre bounce and that that's the kind of thing that he's doing and we yeah. don't, you know, we don't get an insight into that. Yeah. So it's hard to measure his value in that regard. But, um, I, yeah, he's going all right. Um, uh, can, can certainly improve. Would you think that uh, it was a mistake to... Um... Nope. No, okay. Look, I, I wasn't happy with three years. I thought two, but if it meant the extra year to get him, I was happy to wear that. So, um, you know, I thought he looked like he was slowing down. He looked back at the Melbourne Hawthorne game from last year and he looked slow that day. Viney steps past him and runs away with a footy. Um, so he's, you know, he's, he's past his peak, but he's still got a bit to offer. Um, you know, perhaps in, in sort of a similar way to, to Bernie Vince, um, who's losing touch a little bit, but also still um, still has enough to offer to uh, to be important. Yeah, I've been a little bit disappointed in Bernie this year. Um, 
he certainly isn't performing to to the standard that he was probably performing in the the previous years. But um, well, yeah. we agreed he should be at half forward or I, in the middle I still rather think, than in the back line. I still think he should be in the forward line. I think he he's a goal kicker. Um, I would use him in the forward line, but obviously they're not. I would use him in the forward line. I'd use Lewis in the back line. Lewis playing yep. a, a similar role to um, uh, to Hodge uh, for Hawthorne uh, along the half back, and I would play. Um, I'd, I'd play Bernie up forward. Yep, but yep. I'm not the coach. I agree on that front. Afl dot com dot uh, are the most improved. Clayton Oliver, I think we can agree with that. Uh, uh, most courageous, uh, Jack Viney. Uh, best team player, Neville Jetta. No um, Yeah. Yep. He sort of oh. always gets best team player. <laughs> well, it's kind of an acknowledgement that he doesn't fit any of the other awards, <laughs> but deserves something. Look, he's, he's been really solid this yeah, year, Nick. Yeah. Um, you can always rely on him. He's, uh... Yeah, and I thought he was actually really good. He was one of the better players um, early against Collingwood. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, when they were on top. So, um, yeah, he's he's having a good year, Nev Jeter, and I'd imagine would also be doing all right in the uh, in the Bluey Truscott voting. So, um, yep, yeah, best team player. Why not Nev yeah. for sure? Yes. Um, Jeffy, Jeffy could probably, you know, qualify for that too. Um, he's been very unselfish and uh, and doing the team thing, I think. Uh, I was just before uh, or during the day today, and I, I didn't include, I didn't see this when I was uh, when we were making the uh, show notes for tonight. Uh, but uh, Paul uh, R B uh, started a thread called "The Rise of the Layup Goal," um, which is you know when you sort yep. of uh, have players running. Uh, into towards goal and uh, kick the ball. You know the 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 ball is delivered to another player who can kick the goal from the goal square. You know, sort of like a slam dunk. You know, um, the alley oop in basketball, the alley oop type of thing. So um, yeah, we we seem to be doing that quite a bit, um, and I think it's also just in general in the AFL you're seeing it more and more. Um, well, with the zone, you get players yeah. out the back, so um, there's often that sort of loose loose players running towards goal, so the ball goes over the top. But I think we sort of discussed this before. It's not so much just the those layup goals or Joe the Gooses, but certainly when Jesse was playing, um, the it seemed that the strategy was to bring the ball back um, into the middle. If not in the centre, then certainly once more forward. So instead of um, – and we've seen this a lot even without Jesse, that when players have the ball in the forward line and they're sort of wide, let's say you're, you're on about 50 near the boundary line, we're seeing guys like Petraka and Bug um, finding space closer to goal um, on a better angle um, and then your percentages increase. So I think it's um, – yeah, I don't know it's deliberate to get the layup goal, but I think generally um, the tactic is to 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 come to come back into the centre, isn't it? I mean, that's uh, 
that's where it's easier to get them. And I think there probably have been more of those um, from more of those from the goal square, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, look, I'm the best example of that. And uh, Paul uh, mentioned this in the thread was uh, Petraka's kick to to Jeffy, which was just a, a beautiful kick. Um, it's precise and it's a perfect yeah, it example. Didn't, didn't have to break stride yeah. at all. Um, so just before we uh, go on to sort of the injuries and the ins and outs for the next game and to talk about the next game, um, I did a little poll uh, today in my unscientific polls. Uh, just about our run home, we've got uh, 11 games for the season. How, how many of these 11 that we've got coming up? What, what are you expecting? That How many are you expecting us to end with? I've got no idea. No idea? I've got absolutely looked? no idea. Yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me if we only won another, um, what are we on now, six? We're on six. wouldn't surprise me if we only won another four or five. Um, it also wouldn't surprise me if we won another um, eight. Um, you know, I think the team is capable of getting on a run. Mm and knocking off quite a few sides, but equally we might run out of steam and get knocked off and not be there at the end of the year. So I've got no idea. I haven't looked at the fixture beyond the next few rounds, and it's just too hard to tell. You know, we were, I thought going into the game against Collingwood, I thought we were the better side. Um, But, you know, Carlton beat GWS the other day and played some pretty good footy doing it. So it's just, it's such an unpredictable year that um, I don't know why people waste the time doing those ladder predictors, <laughs> which, you know, must take hours to do if you, if you're, um, if you've got to put in your sort of your tips for each game. So yeah, I, I just, no idea. Well, I tipped, no idea. I tipped one winner this week, so uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go on my tips for, for the rest of the year. I'm not going to try and it's predict. It's just hard uh, to tell, isn't it? From week to week, you can, I can't get it, so I'm not going to try and look in uh, six, seven, eight weeks ahead. Um, look, I know with Melbourne, and I've said it the last few weeks, I think we're capable of beating anyone that we play against. And having said that, I think we're capable of losing to anyone, um, including... Brisbane um, in the second last round of the year um, and we can go over to West Coast in two weeks and knock them off so <laughs> there's Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde for you yeah yeah but that's sort of competition wide as well yeah um, so yeah it's, it's everyone uh, everyone seems susceptible to it at the moment so well, the next, making making for a great season. The next three wise. next three weeks are big weeks. They're difficult games. It's um, you know Western Bulldogs premiers, Eagles uh, away, and Sydney yep. who are starting to find some form uh, at the G on a big night. I mean, if if we can get you know a couple wins out of that three, um, yeah, we're looking good. Yeah, you know, you think with Max and hopefully Jesse coming back. Um, then that you know adds a bit more talent to well, the lineup. Let's talk about that now, Max. Well, do you think they'll play him this week, or are they going to be conservative and uh, go another week? Goody was seeming to suggest no, but just before we get onto that, we yep. should mention one of our listeners, Clint Biscuit. Yes, um, I believe uh, Mrs. Biscuit uh, gave birth to their uh, um, 
to their firstborn oh, uh, right. just before Monday. It might have been over the weekend or at the end of last week. So um, did they he name? did uh, he did note it on the board, and um, uh, uh, Clint Junior was already a member yes. um, by Monday. So well done on that front, and congratulations and uh, um, well done. Did they name? It was that a, would have been was probably a... the second uh, second happiest thing to happen to him. Uh, to happen to him this week. <laughs> did they, um, uh, was it a boy and did they name him Jack? After yes. Yeah. Um, would, uh, would, would be appropriate given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, so if he's listening in, good effort. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Um, another Max. demon supporter that makes, uh, 41,103 members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Whatever we're on. Yes, Max. Uh, do we play him? Like, if he's if he's fit, do do, do we want him? Good, back he's, in good. Way? He's seeming to suggest no. He might be uh, might be foxing. Mm-hmm. Spencer. I don't know if you watch the um, well, watch the Casey game. Spencer wasn't great in the reserves. Why do you think we didn't play Spencer on the on the weekend? Uh, I thought at the beginning of the game that it was a mistake that we should have played him, considering. Grundy's, uh, particularly in the first half, his sort of influence on the game. I thought mm. we maybe just needed a bigger body against him. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, the problem for Spencer compared to Grundy, Grundy's a lot more mobile. Mm. So while we might have evened it up in the middle, um, Spencer would have struggled around the ground. Having said that, there's a better case for a better case for the big man at the MCG than Eddie had, mm. and particularly against the dogs who themselves don't really have a recognised ruckman. So, well, that might um, be a do reason we, do they we match them on that front? They might or, not bring Max Or back. do we go for the advantage and, and put Spencer in and, and try and try and win our own ball? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> No idea with that one. Uh, I might just add now, uh, if you do want, I should have mentioned this earlier, but I always seem to forget. If you want to call the show, um, talk to us about anything, uh, this week's game, last week's game, 0390163666 or Skype us on uh, Demonland31, 0390163666 or Demonland31 on Skype. Yeah, it'd be good to hear from uh, some of our listeners. There's a few in the chat room now. Um, so by all means, uh, call in and give us your thoughts on uh, selection or any of the issues that we've discussed or even haven't discussed. Yeah. Um, would particularly love to hear people's opinion on the track versus Clary debate. Yeah, give us... And, uh, um, yeah, who's ahead in your mind and why? Yes, give us uh, your opinions. Um, we've got 54 live listeners at the moment, so uh, there are people out there listening. 0390163666. Give us uh, your thoughts on um, on anything um, to do with this week's game, last week's game, anything on Demonland. And, uh, yeah, we won't bite. We'll be gentle and uh, would love to hear from other Demonlanders. Um, and Maybe it, you need to entice people with do we need a, a Demonland show bag <laughs> where you get some of that merchandise that's uh, well, that's available. All right. Um, anyone, you want a hat, you want a T-shirt, you want a, um, a, <laughs> a polo, give us a call and... Um, 
yeah, first caller gets a gets a uh, gets a free prize. Uh, choice your choice of Demonland swag. Um, this offers good representing. For the next, this this offers good for the next three minutes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's right. Good for the rest of the show. First caller. <laughs> Uh, gets that zero three nine zero one six three triple six or Skype us on Demonland thirty one. Um, where were we? Um, injury list. Um, we can, I guess, we can talk about the injury list that was. Uh, well, first of all, Tim C- Tim Smith. Um, yep. That was announced this week that his season is now over. Now this is obviously another uh, separate injury. He uh, broke some ribs earlier in the year. Um, but what what was the actual injury? Now it was the it's a navicular, navicular um, that's right. which is in the which is in the foot. So is that the same thing, Trenner's Trengo? I'm pretty had? sure it is. Yeah, that's a really so, bad. It's a, can be a yeah, bad. real bad luck for him. Um, yeah. uh, I think he was was he back or just about to come back? So um, yeah, horrid luck to then get injured again. And footy can be a Cruel mistress. Mm, we've had a um, pretty bad run with, uh, you know, players getting injured and being out for the season and, you know, getting injured and not getting back and getting another injury with, you know, Vandenberg last week and yeah, Smith. Well, it week. just seems to be guys, like, you know, we had all our ruck stocks depleted yeah. and then all the forwards were depleted. So, yeah. you know, Tim Smith probably wouldn't have played this year, but then, you know, all of a sudden Jesse's out Watts has to go into the ruck. Yeah. A spot opens up, and you know he could have kept that spot, but um, injuries have uh, injuries have gotten to him, unfortunately. So he'd be absolutely kicking himself because yeah, this there's every chance he'd be playing in the ones at the moment yeah. rather than the twos, which is what he would have thought at the start of the year. So yeah, bad luck for um, uh, bad luck for for Bull. It's it's um, yeah, yep. Yeah, so uh, injury list in general. Like, I guess the next one, you know, we, we're Max. Will he come back? Will he? Will he not? Uh, definitely, you'd think Max will be back in the. You know, if not this week, he'll be back for the Eagles game. But um, Jesse, I noticed on the um, the injury list, he's now listed as four to six weeks. Do you think that's that's accurate, or is this something new? Has anything been said? Um, you know, Jesse's got it because I was under the assumption that he could be back as early as even this week yep. or de- definitely next week. But it seems like that's there not... were noises to that effect. I don't know whether the club officially said anything like that. Let's ignore the rumor that came up on Demonland that he was going to be picked for Queen's birthday, um, and that Goodwood was foxing and he was, you know, maybe training in secret or something. Mm. He was clearly never going to be back for last week's game, this week's game. Um, but it, we did seem to think last week that he was perhaps um, closer to coming back than um, than he is now. I think Peter Jackson might have said on radio before Monday's game that, um, that it will be a bit longer than we anticipated. But... Uh, do Whispering we... Jack made the very valid point today that, you know, he's uh, it might have been in the scheme of cancer things fairly minor, but it was still cancer, and it's um, you know it's not just a you know this isn't a tweak of a hammy and get back in two weeks, um, 
it's a serious uh, serious thing that attacks your body um, and you know he's had a lot going on Jesse um, a cancer diagnosis is hard for anyone at the best of times even when it's the good type of diagnosis that he got um, so and then when you throw in the um, uh, you know the turmoil of him sadly losing his father um, it's not surprising that he's, you know, either four to six or even indefinite. Um, I think we'll be lucky um, if he's – we should count ourselves lucky if he's back this year, basically, because those two things together are, are – it's one enormous um, shit sandwich um, to um, – pardon the French, but, uh, yeah – all we can do is uh, send him our best and keep our fingers and toes crossed that he's back soon. Look, it'll be a handy addition um, once he's once he's back. So, um, yeah. yeah. Wish... No one would be rushing him. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the club is giving him all the time in the world. Um, as far as we know, he's still back in Melbourne, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether he perhaps goes back, travels with the team to WA, maybe, and goes and sees his family again. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think it was – it was we were all being pretty optimistic to think that, you know, he could have um, – you know, he could have, a, um, could have a cancer removed and be back playing AFL football, you know, um, a few weeks later, that's surely pie in the sky stuff. Yeah. Um, at the at the best of times, let alone the other circumstances that he's facing. Well, one thing's for certain: when he does come back, he will be a handy and welcomed back addition to to the club uh, to the team. Um, the other one I saw on there that uh, sort of brought a smile to my face was Joel Smith, two weeks away. Mm, yep. Um, Great. He'll be a handy uh, addition as well, and you would think he'll come back through the twos, no doubt. But um, he definitely impressed in the preseason, and uh, will just sort of add, you know, will be another, you know, feather to the bow of that uh, uh, back line. That's um, sort of impressive. So, yep, plenty of promise yeah. uh, from Joel. So, yeah, look forward to seeing him possibly in the ones again. I would have thought. Yep. Um, oh, I think definitely he'll uh, he'll. If once he's back uh, playing in the twos, you would think he, he'd make his way. They were pretty keen to play him uh, early That's on right. in the year, so uh, I don't think he'd be out of favour. Um, you know, and as long as his fitness is up, uh, he'll he'll get a crack. You would think yep. uh, towards the end of the year at least. Yeah. Yep. Right, yep. So Look forward to that. That uh, that's our injury list. So uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, you know, you, you can never take the Bulldogs lightly. Um, I watched them uh, Thursday night. They looked pretty pretty ordinary. Um, but uh, you can't rely on um, them staying ordinary, particularly because we're playing them at their, uh, you know, probably at one of the grounds they play the best. In yeah. Yep. Look, they're capable of playing really good footy. Uh, Swans touched them up the other night. Um, put a bit of attention into Jason Johannesson, so yep. interesting to see whether Goody copies that. Given that he he certainly copied North's um, tactics against Sloan um, after North beat Adelaide, and then we had them the week after. So 
it'll be interesting to see where the goodie borrows again from other other teams. But uh, look, it should be another great game. Um, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the crowd is at Eddie had on well, Sunday. Hopefully. Bulldogs don't draw uh, don't draw a big crowd really, and. We don't draw the biggest crowds at Eddie had. Um, They've been better this year, yes. but you're right. We don't certainly don't get the same numbers that we do to the G. Although I must say, when I was I bought I pre-bought uh, a couple of tickets yesterday, and there didn't seem to be a lot um, a lot left uh, when I oh, went where to are you, where are your seats. Uh, Behind the behind the goals, I couldn't tell you which which end there. Right, at, on on level one or up no, the top? Uh, first no no first level up the the, the um, middle medallion level, level medallion level, but behind the goals. Right, um, I sat there against Essendon, and that uh, <laughs> that's that that seemed to work for me then. Yeah, well, you got to stick to it. So. Um, just noticed that the chat box has been disconnected. It, it says. That's a possibility. There was something. Uh, uh, it's back. It's back. Okay. Maybe it's just my computer. Apologies for that. No, that's uh, right. Yeah. So look, we've played Eddie Hadwell this year. Um, Bulldogs might come out and have their have their magic back. So it could again be another really rip roaring contest. Yeah. Um, another sort of crucial game for us, as you say. This this month or yeah. this next three weeks is. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tell us everything we need to know. But another game, another terrible time slot game, the, the, the Sunday 3.20 game. Uh, mm. Hopefully our form this year, uh, the fact that we've sort of proven that when we play against uh, drawing, you know, big drawing sides like Richmond and Essendon, uh, we can bring out uh, Richmond and uh, Collingwood, we can bring out the crowd. So hopefully next year they gift us you know, some Friday night games like St Kilda have had a couple. Um, you know, it's, how about, you know, I think we've proven with form and uh, ability to bring in bums on seats that they give us a better a better draw next year in terms of, um, you know, TV coverage. And particularly because they've got all these Thursday night games as well, um, give us a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, I don't want the Thursday night games. Thursday night's good for... Telly, yeah, but not so great for getting people to the game. So, yeah, you know, people got work the next day, so um, I'm you know, just I talking. They, I know from they a, start fairly early. I'm talking more from an exposure point of view. You know, I yep. want to give a bit of reward to our sponsors and and that type of thing, and and not just reward to our sponsors, but also in terms of future sponsors, it's, it's sort of uh, easier to um, to attract the big brands and the big names when when you're getting. Uh, a bit of TV and, you know, w- with that comes the big bucks and, you know, better training facilities yeah. and what have whatnot. So um, we'll be fine on that front. Um, we're drawing, uh, I think we're the we're the fourth or fifth highest drawing club this year yeah. in terms of average attendances. Um, so you would think we're going to be rewarded. boosted by the Richmond and Collingwood games, yeah. but we've been going well otherwise, and that includes the Alice Springs game, which had... 5,000 probably. people, yeah. So um, we're, we're playing exciting footy yeah. and we're drawing a good crowd. And they're the things that the AFL likes to, you know, um, 
uh, likes to flaunt in the in those free to air slots. So <clears throat> I think it'll, uh, you know, I think if we, um, you know, keep up the keep on the same path that we're on at the moment, um, the draw will look after itself next next year. Although it'll end up being a harder draw, um, uh, you know, rather than the fairly sort of soft draws that we've had for the past for the past decade, um, with the AFL sort of looking after us. Um, it's going to get tougher as we get better. Certainly. Um, if anyone wants to win a um, Demon Land T-shirt, polo shirt, stubby holder, hat or a couple of stickers, uh, whatever you choose, triple uh, six, or you can Skype on uh, Demon Land 31. That offer is good until the uh, end of the show. Um yeah, if you want to discuss anything we've uh, talked about tonight, uh, give us your tip for for the game this week. Um, yeah, tell us when, when do you think uh, Maxi will be back? Uh, I would like, uh, I'd love to see Maxi back on the field. Miss the miss the guy. Yeah, yep, we miss uh, Max and Jesse. Um, I just noticed on the board that MFC Podcast have uh, just updated their thread um, that their latest podcast is is up online. Should we be allowing competitors to just um, muscle into our space like that? I've given. Or should I I just delete this entire thread? No, no, that's fine. They were probably uh, there before before we were. So they were. They actually do a good job. They get really good guests on. So so perhaps we're muscling in on them. But I I don't mind. I've got I've got a pretty good relationship with all those guys. They've messaged me saying, "Do you mind if we put it up?" And you know, the the more demon content out there, the the better. I, I, I've got no problem with that. There's a there's a group of guys on Facebook uh, that do a podcast, like sort of a podcast called the D the Debrief, uh, which yep. is very good. Seen that and, one. And um, yeah, so um, I've got a good relationship with some of those guys as well. They've um, they've promoted some of our stuff and vice versa. I've promoted some of their stuff on Facebook. So yeah, I'm. It's all we're all we all play for the same team. Well, we don't play. We all watch the same team. But um, I've got no problem with uh, any of those guys promoting their stuff on Demonland. They have some great guests on. I see last week they had Darren Cowell on. So they don't always go for those sort of obvious superstars. Um, Where would they have they found go, Darren Cowell? <laughs> well, it's a great question. <laughs> I'd even forgotten. About I mean, Darren with Cowell. social media, it's but easy, yeah, easy yeah, yeah. to find people, I suppose. But yeah, um, you sort of think that, yeah, if you think back of that era, Darren Cowell isn't necessarily the no, first. No, I hadn't thought of him since the first probably the player last that game comes to mind. <laughs> but uh, he, but, he was, good. was Was Darren Cowell the one that uh, started off his career with a bang and kicked a bag of goals in his first couple of games, or am I thinking of someone else? You're thinking of Darren Cuthbertson. Darren Cuthbertson, that's right. <laughs> who, who two weeks in a yes. row kicked seven against Collingwood in North Melbourne. And then kicked five against Carlton. And then something. kicked five, that's right, yeah. yeah. So, um, and took a screamer out at Waverley um, in the meantime. And the other one who, who kicked five on debut was Brent Heaver. That's right, Brent Heaver. Um, which name. was against Carlton. That actually might have been a Queen's birthday game. Um, and I remember the back page headline the next day was Heaver Ho for Heaver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I had that uh, newspaper on my uh, 
on my wall. <laughs> I think I did too. But isn't it great that, I mean, we started the show with the 3RW audio of the Watts goal. Yeah. Isn't it great these days that you can come home and within a couple of hours you can go and watch all the goals again, you can listen to the radio commentary, the TV commentary, um, AFL 360 always take a great passage of play from the game and give the four different versions of it. So yeah. you hear ABC Radio, 3RW, SEN, Fox Footy, and they show four different angles of it and then the four different audio over the top. But we're just so lucky as supporters to be able to access that kind of content because as we were talking about last week when we were talking about the greatest goals, um, back in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s, you didn't have access to all of this stuff. And if your game wasn't covered, then there was no way of um, seeing it afterwards. And unless you set up a tape at home on your tape deck to record the radio recording, you wouldn't be able to go back and access the final minutes as as we have with the uh, 3RW audio from Monday's game. So, yeah. Well, even when we were um, growing up in the 80s, they used to just, you know, all the games were on Saturday and they would just play one game and then just do the highlights maybe of, of the others. And so if you miss the game... Yeah, or you just had the camera footage and no, yeah, no audio so on top, obviously. If, so. if you miss the game, you, the game was, you miss the game and it was almost lost to history. Um that's so, right. So, so I just love the fact that we'll be able to listen to and watch this watch goal <laughs> forever now. The one I've been watching, the one that's going to replace for me is um, uh, is the Essendon game of a few years ago of 2014. Two yes, uh, when um, obviously uh, uh, Christian Salem kicked the winner with about 30 seconds to go. Um and the end of that is very exciting, and I've got a clip of it from AFL 360, which shows the four different angles in the last 20 seconds and has the different audio clips over the top. And the audio to that is great. Again, you can hear the crowd. Um, uh, and what's great about the radio um, coverage, um, the radio boxes are actually just above where we sit in the northern stand, and they've got the windows open, and they've got a mic that points out the window. So it's right on top of the Melbourne members. So it picks up the atmosphere from the Melbourne aspect of the game really well. So it's great to be able to come back and listen to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Watts um, vision and audio, which thankfully if you go to the post-match discussion thread now, somebody's put the two of them together. So we've got the uh, vision um, of the goal with the 3AW um, commentary over the top, Tim Lane's fantastic call. So you can watch and listen to the best calls and not have to put up with. Uh, with Hamish um, calling Oscar, Oscar Elliott. Um, and what's, I thought the TV um, it doesn't convey the same crowd atmosphere and the commentary is, is, uh, is pretty pedestrian given the circumstances of the game, whereas the 3RW commentary really elevates it and you get a sense of the occasion um, as Watts is running down the ground. So uh, it's super stuff. Gives me goosebumps to listen to. Well, you, you mentioned that um, you mentioned that the footage of the, the goal was even better with um, the commentary from uh, 3RW, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll 
better you that by saying that the Jack Watts goal is better with the theme from the Titanic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, not for me. Um, I saw that thread and. <laughs> We're just going to play this uh, now. When, when does the theme from the Titanic come in? Oh, here we go. <laughs> we got Jack White's running into goal. <laughs> this is where the Demon Land podcast uh, needs to... Um, Needs to uh, be uh, visual rather than visual. Uh, audio. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll probably get taken off uh, iTunes for playing <laughs> playing that song. Um, yeah, you'll get sued. Yeah, um, I think we only played a few seconds of it, so we should be fine. Not enough <laughs> to breach copyright. Yeah, I think I think you're allowed to play a certain certain amount uh, before you get a, a, a takedown notice. Um, is there anything else uh, we need to discuss? There is one more thing. Go for it. What, um, what is it? And that is, and this is a bit related to what we started the show off with, um, the Pies supporters complaining that they want out of QB. Well, don't let the door of the MCG hit you on the way out, folks. Yeah. Is them this suggestion that I think must have come from Big Footy uh, or similar that they should lodge a formal complaint over Jack Watts giving them shit at the end of the game, <laughs> which I haven't seen, to be honest, but apparently he, you know, either flips them the bird or gives oh. them a wave or something. And what, you think and they have somebody was suggesting that he was inciting yeah. the cheer squad. So, I mean, that is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's hysterical. Well, what do you think um, they, they do all day? You know, they're doing the same thing over the fence. I guess the players yeah. probably held to a higher well, standard, but <laughs> then... Um, I mean, you might as well just lodge a complaint saying you're annoyed that you lost the game because that's basically, that's basically isn't it? I've, that was the funniest thing I've heard out of all of that nonsense. It's probably a good but, thing that no one, know, no one, no Collingwood fan knows how to write to be able to for, lodge a complaint. So. Yeah, that's true. That's or you, true. Sorry, or I said computer. that's the most ridiculous thing I've heard, but of equal... Um, uh, equal to that was the suggestion that um, Collingwood should sort of launch this massive protest and somebody put out a 10-point plan of <laughs> um, the players should strike and the supporters should not turn up and um, they should, um, you know, um, boycott the AFL commission. And then they ended up this rant by saying um, it's time that Collingwood got a level playing field. <laughs> And it's like, you've got to be kidding. Um, so that kind of delusional material is absolute fodder and uh, has been delighting demon landers all week. Long yeah. may it continue. You know what? Everyone you know, thinks that they cop a, a, a horror run from the umpires or whatever. And, you know, that's uh, yep. part and parcel of the game. All right, um, I think we're uh, we're done for today, and um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Hopefully, um, hopefully we're we're in the same mood next week because if we if we can get another win, which would be uh, have we have we had a three in a row? We did it last year, didn't we? Late in the year. Yeah, I think so. Yep. All right. So our next 
our next hoodoo. We've got, we've got some hoodoo. I want to get the four in the row, so but we've got to get past three first. But after the Bulldogs game, we've, we've got uh, West Coast, and that's, you know, we'll talk about... Um, We'll talk about the next week about that, but that's one of our two last remaining home and away hoodoos. Um, uh, a win in Perth, and uh, we didn't get the North Melbourne one, but we get another crack at it later on in the year. <sighs> so, Danelska has yeah. just said in the chat room, don't forget Lee and Shelley in Adelaide, yeah, which is true. Point. Lee and Shelley kicked that winner um, after some great ruck work by Schwarter. Yep. But the difference with that, and you and I spoke about this a bit earlier, um, that would happened in Adelaide, so we weren't there for it. No, we were watching so, it. And the atmosphere would have been terrible because there would have only been 100 Melbourne supporters there and would have been deathly silence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, over the years, we haven't had that many games like this where there's been 70,000, everything on the line, and it's gone down to the wire. Um even we were talking earlier about the 88 elimination final against uh, West Coast where yeah. Gary Lyon kicked the winner with a couple of minutes to go and then Murray Renstead had a shot and missed yeah. um, with only seconds left on the clock. But there was only about 40,000 at Waverley that day. Yeah. Um, so the atmosphere just wasn't the same. Um, so, you know, um, it's, it's few and far between that you get those you know, finals-like games um, with a huge crowd and everything comes down to the last minute. Um, and, and, so, for, and for us, it was a it was a bit like a final, an elimination final, because had we lost, it would have put us exactly where Collingwood are now. We would have been 11th. I mean, still only a game out of the eight, but it sort of makes things a little bit harder. Well, so, this was the absurdity of their rant, because their, their Facebook or Big Footy rant said Melbourne treat Queen's birthday like the grand final each year. And it's like, well, sorry, this was a crucial game this it week. Was. They're like, oh, for us, it's only round 12. Well, it's well, like you mucked them. it up, blokes. Enjoy. And you're now, you're now, you know, you're going to struggle to catch up. So enjoy, good luck to you. Enjoy you watching TV in uh, September. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so. your fault that you didn't take it seriously enough. Yeah quite happy for it to be our grand final given yes. the way it's setting up the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, we can't get enough of that. Hmm. Well, hopefully we, we, we do come up against them again in round 23 mm. finals yep. uh, thing of the year. Hopefully um, we're ensconced in the eight at that, uh, at that time. <laughs> Um, and we don't give them a, a... Hopefully they're not competing for a final spot. And uh, mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Are we going to go out with the Jack Watts audio again? Yeah, why not? As we, we came can, in? We can go out with anything. Uh, why not? I, I think that's a, a good one to do. Um, yeah, enjoy uh, this Jack Watts audio. We'll be back, um, we'll be back next week. Um, same time, 8.30 Wednesday evening if you're listening to the podcast of this join us live each week at 8 30 wednesday night uh demonland.com slash podcast and uh we do have a live chat room you can chat with us and uh yeah next week we might have to uh might have to have the uh enticement of some demonland swag i might have to get some other prize involved to entice well it should be a demonland mystery prize so you don't know what you're getting but it will be demonland merchandise of some sort Mm. 
All right. Maybe we can uh, add something to sweeten the deal. Should have maybe asked Jeff White last week if he would have uh, <laughs> liked to give someone a, a free uh, post Free Ruck Clinic. <laughs> or a free Ruck Clinic. All right. Uh, so with uh, we'll go out with uh, the Jack Watts. Uh, this is the last, I think it's about a minute and a bit of uh, Jack Watts' uh, brilliance. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. receives a hand pass, he loops it over the top, didn't quite hit the target, reprieve for Melbourne Oscar McDonald, a little runner, up towards the southern wing and Harms is first there Watts running into space for him at half forward, will run onto a nicely bouncing ball, outside 50 crosses 50, has a bounce, on tired legs closes to 30 and kicks the goal Looks as though the Demons have the Queen's birthday prize. Jack Watts, what a touch of synergy for Jack Watts. From 2009 to 2017, and today he might have got the Demons over the line. They lead by 11 points at the 28-minute mark. All right, thank you for listening. It's the Demonland Podcast. Good night. Come on, Come on.